0: All right. I billahi al-shaytan rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. rabbil alamin. وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى رَسُولِ الْكَرِيمِ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وصحبي السلام الله um, كلكم و, um, I hope everything is going well so far. This is the what seventh or eighth day today? Eighth. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. I hope you're all enjoying it so thank you Rayana once again for bringing us together it's really beautiful to come together uh, in these blessed nights to do some dhikr you know some reminders that will inshallah hopefully touch our souls and our hearts tonight inshallah so I invite you all to before we begin to just be aware of uh, take a few deep breaths and just close your eyes and recite Surah Al-Fatiha deeply from within the heart With the intention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places the light of His knowledge directly into your heart inshaAllah. Okay, great, mashallah. So, since it's Ramadan, it's the month of the Quran, I thought to, inshallah, study a surah together. You guys think that's a good idea? Yeah? yeah. And of course, uh, due to limited timing, I chose a surah that's relatively short, Surah Al Teen. How many of you have memorized Surah Al Teen, by the way? Wa Teeni wa Zaytun. Yeah? It's one of those short surahs, just eight ayat. Uh, it's part of Juz'a Amma, and so it's one of those surahs that we've kind of memorized as uh, we've been growing up as, as children. And so uh, a lot of these short surahs are short but very difficult to explain because there's so much depth in them. So, what we're going to do tonight is just scratching the surface. There's going to be a lot, I'm warning you, there's going to be a lot of food for thought for you guys, yeah? Um, but I hope, inshallah, it'll be beneficial for all of us, inshallah, okay? So let's just look at the um the sura itself, Awud Billahim in a shaitan al Rajim Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Wat teeny was zaytoun wa to risi nien wahad al-beladil amiqadu khalaqun al fi ahsani takwiem ثُمَّ رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ فَلَهُمْ أَجْرٌ غَيْرُ مَمْنُونَ فَمَا يُكَذِّبُكَ بَعْدُ بِالدِّينَ أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِأَحْكَمِ الْحَاكِمِينَ So this is the surah. And um, let's look at the first three ayat. Of course, the name of the surah is At-teen, commonly known as At-teen. At-teen? The, the fig, right? The fruit, yeah? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is, is um, swearing by four things. Wa-teen, wa-zayton, wa-toor-as-seeneen, wa al-balad al-ameen. How many things? So swearing by four things, and this is very common in the Quran, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to make a point very effective and clear, he swears by things, and usually the object of swearing is usually um, significant. and yani it it has a relevance to the subject matter. Okay, how do we know swearing? Here? The wow, wa, right? So whenever this watin, wazaytun, or duha or washamsi well walqamar, right? So the wow here. In the Arabic language, emphasizes al qasam. Okay, and there's always a jawab al qasam, which means I swear, jawab al qasam is what I swear for, you know? Okay. So, what teen was zeitun. So, teen, like we said, is is the uh, fig, the olive is uh, Zaytun and then we have. وَهَادَا الْبَلَدِ الْأَمِينَ Okay? All right. Of course, the significance of these four objects, there's a lot, and Mufassirun have come up with a lot of creative ways of explaining لَيْشَ four things. You know, what do they mean? Um, one obvious one is the benefits of figs and olives in terms of our health, صح? Yes? Um, but what I would like to kind of the angle I'd like to take today is slightly different. It's uh, I find it relevant to the topic of today. Okay, so um, a teen is actually referring to a Mount called a Mount of al Judi. Have you heard of al Judi? It's mentioned in the Quran, Ju- the Mount of Judai. It's very well known for, for figs, basically. And this is the very same mountain on which the ship of Nuh a.s. settled when there was a flood on flood, uh, in the entire earth. Are you guys familiar with the story of the flood? Eh? So when the flood occurred, Nuh a.s. and the people that were on board the ship with him, they settled on the Judi, and that's where humanity basically started kind of uh, continuing there on, right? So the Mount of Judi is a representative of the fig, right? So the fig here is represented by Nuh the olive, anyone knows who, which personality? So I, I gave you a hint. So all of these four things highlights a specific prophet. So, Teen is represented by Nuh. What do you think the olive would be represented by? Or who do you think the olive would be represented by? Nabi Isa. Nabi Isa. Very good. Because olives are well known to be in Isham, in Palestine specifically. And that's where Isa السلام, was born. Okay. So, olives. Isa And then Tur Sinin, the Mount of Sinai. Tur Sinin. This was another mount, a very special mount. Anyone knows which Prophet is linked to Tur Sinin? Musa alayhi that's where Musa alay actually spoke with God. Interestingly, Musa is the only human being who has ever spoken to God directly on earth. No other prophet was given this gift. Okay, so it's pretty significant. So Musa alayhi is Tur Sini. And then Wahad al-Balad al-Amin. Of course, it's referring to Mecca. It's referring to Al Kaaba, which is a, a symbol of two prophets. One Ibrahim alayhi because he's the one who built it with his son Ismail. Or let's say rebuilt it. Adam alayh was the one who first built it. But then Ibrahim alayhi being the father of monotheistic religions, being the father of uh Tawheed, right? him, as well as Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being Khatim Al-Anbiya ال... So Wa-hada al-balad al meaning this al-balad uh, is, is a country, Amin means what? Safe and, and filled with peace basically, right? right. And يعني, you all know that the character of the Prophet Sallallahu was also known as as sadiq al-ameen, right? Before Prophethood the truth, the truthful and the the one who was trustworthy very very special quality that is very rare these days right is it easy to trust find trustworthy people today is it easy to find trustworthy business partners very difficult right relationships and so um i don't know if it's a reality but is it is it one of the main reasons of marriage is not happening as often as before is because there's no trust anymore do you think there's a there's a reality to that also. I don't know. Allahu <coughs> Alam. But what you notice in these four aqsam is that Allah is swearing by four very, very, or five in this case, right? Because the last one is two. Five extremely important prophets who are known as Ulul Azmi ar Rusul. What does Ulul Azmi ar Rusul mean? Those who, are, who had a lot of determination. Azm means determination. So these prophets. How many prophets did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send to all of humanity? Yeah, different rawayat, but in one rawayat, 124,000 prophets and messengers, right? But these five specifically are the uh, VVIP kind of prophets, right? Very, 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 very special. Think of them as the elite of humanity, right? So when it comes to the jawab al-qasam, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمٍ What is Allah referring to here? أَحْسَنِ <laughs> تَقْوِيمٍ The best of all of humanity. What does تَقْوِيم mean? Yeah, The formation, the structure, the built, the, um, the external, the internal. Everything about the human being is incredible. But these five human beings were the fulfillment of humanity right تقويم, the best of all humanity they are like the um, the best examples out there okay and notice that the, every single one of these prophets was sent to different people different times okay so allah that's so you guys understand now qasam jawab al qasam so far yes the qasam was four things jawab al qasam is that allah created human beings he's saying every single human being has been created in the best fashion or has been fashioned in the best way. Ahsani Taqweem, the most excellent way. Okay? Yes? Is it possible that uh, Zaytun is referring to uh, the Quds? It's p- yes, it's possible also, because Quds was also a symbol of all uh, olives. So. My question is: because um, there are certain times, Mektad in Insan are the yeah, mm-hmm. But is there a difference between those two? Yes. That's Okay. <laughs> so um, let's move on Because we have a lot to cover I really want to finish the surah يعني, Inshallah we can uh, accomplish Finishing surah 13 today So And this is actually the fitrah of the insan Every single human being What Allah is telling us This is very unlike the Christian creed Which actually says that Human beings are born in original sin Christians actually believe that human beings are born sinful, because of uh, our parents Adam and Hawa, because of the sin they committed. Every human being is carrying that sin, and therefore they have to be purified and baptized, and, and Jesus has to basically, uh, basically, yani, bail them out out of this thing, right? فاحنا لنا الفطرة فطرة الله التي فطر الناس عليها. Allah says, this is um, our innocent. Initial creation. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ But then Allah, the next ayah, right after that says, ثُمَّ And right after that, رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ What does that mean? And then we... Exactly, it's like from being created at the the peak of humanity to the lowest of the lows. The same human being who was the most special now has been degraded to the lowest of the low. Thumma the lowest of the low. It's so a very so good good question. Will Allah will tell us now. Yeah, there's an just to give a hint. There's an exception, right? So the exception is there. So let's look at what's happening here, right? Al insan. And sorry, I'm using this mirror because like I need to make sure I'm in sync with my projector, right? So. Human beings are created perfect, created so cute and innocent and joyful and happy and playful and just lovely, right? For those of you who have uh, baby uh, siblings or if you're married and you have children, Alhamdulillah, we have been blessed with um, five small babies. So, you know, we've seen these miracles, these many miracles, really, right? We have seen Ahsani Taqweem, you know, you know. And may Allah, inshallah, for those of you who aren't married or getting married, may Allah bless you with such many miracles so you can actually experience what this ayah really means. <laughs> but then what happens? So, this human being, he grows up, and all sorts of um, drama happens in life, and all sorts of different journeys in the human beings go through. You have people who um, you know, have mental health issues. You have people who uh, go through different experiences, which lead to a lot of uh, misery and difficulties, and pain and suffering and addictions and all sorts of painful things in their life. So, I'm just giving you examples here of thumma reda'nu esfala safilin. Okay, some human beings end up becoming criminals. You have this this taqweem creation ends up killing people, ends up you know, causing corruption and uh, spreading bloodshed and doing injustice and violating the rights of others. You have people who do all sorts of corruption and financially. This beautiful baby grows up to become like a corrupt uh, person and someone who is filled with greed also, right, in some cases. Also, we have um, people who end up using their uh, authority or their power to violate the rights of others in, in terms of even their lives. Yes? So lives are taken. And, yes? And uh, we, t- we returned him. We returned him. No. So we, ha- we are originally... Uh, so that's a very good point, which we're coming to next. But since you brought it up, it's as if Allah has designed us to go down to the lows, right? And we'll come to this. So reded now means he returned to where we expect him to go, which is the lowest of the lows. So all of all human beings, and we'll see that in a second, we're born really cute and nice and and um, amazing, ahsan taqim, and then we actually all do go down at one point in our life, right? How down we go? ya'tamid ala two things: one, our environment, our upbringing, our parents who we're surrounded with two is the habits that we uh, um, take on as human beings right so these two primarily develop our um, downgrading kind of journey right and then we're expected to since we've already brought this up we're expected to actually bring bring ourselves back to ahsane so that's the journey of life you're at the peak you're created at the peak Radadnahu means you're meant to go down to the lowest of the lows. And this low has different variation. And then guess what? We're expected to work our way back up. Okay? That's the journey of life. It's like a V-shaped. Yeah. How quick you learn your lessons and how quick you awaken, right? It depends. And how, how, how big of a priority this is for you is to come back to your um, beautiful essence. Yeah, that's that's really the challenge of life. So we actually summed up the surah, we can close now. Yeah? But good question. Very good observation. Radadnahu, right? So that's the key there, right? So we were meant to go down. Maybe it's not that we were bad, but we were sad, right? were No, so we're not saying we were bad. We're saying is Allah programmed us to um, take on these negative qualities. Right, every human being will take on these negative qualities, and from a very, very early age, inshallah you'll see, you'll see very soon. But I just wanted to also highlight one thing here: is um, the topic of our um, night today is we looked at this, um, we looked at this, we looked at this diagram last time, right? But I just want to talk about this thing for a second. So you have Islam at the basic level, you have Iman, and you have Ihsan right? The peak of our Deen. And our deen is represented by all three together, by the way. Right? Islam is al-ibadat, al nusuk, And you have the ilm the al-fiqh, which is known as um, the knowledge of how to pray, how to make wudu, what nullifies your wudu, how to pay zakat. You know, all of these Islam-related uh, knowledge is called fiqh. And in every, every kind of department of knowledge, there are usul. What are there? Usul. What are usul? Foundations, right? So we have foundations that you have to study. Once you understand the foundations of fiqh, which is called usul al fiqh, you pretty much get a grasp of this whole study, right? Um, but that's not our discussion today. Because guess what? Today, you want to know how to make wudu or what nullifies your wudu. Where do you go? Where do you find your answer? In books, internet, uh, your local imam or sheikh or teacher or guide or whoever, right? So you get, you get answers to this. Moving on to Iman. Like we said, Islam is a complete system that, that covers, or our deen is a complete system that covers Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. Iman is the area of the mind, right? Iman is the area where our convictions, our aqidah is, is there. And this is another essential area of study that one has to master, especially the usool, the essentials of who is God, what is my purpose in life. Um, you know things about uh, the Day of Judgment, al Akhirah, al Hisab, What's right? What's wrong? What's good? What's bad? You know all of these things. These are ashia fil iman. And right? The reality of prophets, the reality of the Quran, the reality of uh, angels, and all of these unseen aspects that are all aqida related. And so, even in aqida, you have what's known as usul al aqida, which one needs to kind of get mastery over to really understand what this deen is all about. And do they teach us any of this stuff in school, by the way? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately not, right? So and they'll, show, they'll share with you some bits and pieces here and there. But this is, like we said, you're going to come to the lowest of the low and those who are hungry, those who are passionate about learning, they will work themselves up. They'll get a mastery of usul al-fiqh, just the basics, right? And then mastery of usul al-aqidah, um, um, Notice I'm saying usul, not furu' because furu' there's that's where like you go into scholarship and real academic study That's not like every every person's kind of field and area, but then what I want to get to is the peak the akhlaq Now when it comes to akhlaq, guess what? Our ulama of the past have also developed a curriculum entire curriculum on the usul of akhlaq and um, Unfortunately, this is the one area where which we have neglected a lot when it comes to people studying Islam or um, researching Islamic content. Do you f- have you ever come across Usul al-Akhlaq as a as a study? Rarely, right? Like when he, when it comes to. How somebody think of someone who's religious or someone who's into spirituality or religion? What just what comes to your mind? Allah, they have they pray, they fast, they they know how to pray their zakat, they're dressed in a certain way, they um, you know are mentally kind of at that level they have a strong aqidah they have strong conviction right but for akhlaq we just it's a very um, shallow kind of area of um, exploration for us where we generalize in our aflan akhlaqa halwa aflan akhlaqa zift right it's a very um, simple simplistic approach to akhlaq but what I'm inviting you today to look at is the beauty of usul al-akhlaq today, okay? And how that is connected to this entire surah. Because the, the premise I'm, I'm making here is that the nuzul of the insan is actually primarily to the akhlaq, due to the akhlaq. So, أحس... قَدْ خلقنا إِنسَانَا فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ And due to his negligence of the importance of akhlaq, ثُمَّ رددناه أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ Okay, that's the premise I'm making. Are you guys with me so far? Yeah. Yes? and and just before we continue do you guys agree with this do you guys agree that we have we're in a state of emergency in terms of the akhlaq of uh, forget muslims like human beings in general right like it's very rare to find uh good decent genuine human beings yeah, with, with good akhlaq right or no right uh so you guys ha- you guys have seen and experienced what it means like to be in Asfal okay. But inshallah, may Allah make this gathering and, and all of us among those who inshallah are on their way up to go back to Ahsani Taqweem. And I'm guessing that's why you're here, right? That's why you are here and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought you here because um, you asked for the guidance and He guided you to it. Yes, Ali, your question? Of all the reasons that could be the cause of the fall, mm-hmm. why, why is it the uh, loss of akhlaq in particular? Why is it not uh, loss of anything else? Very good point. Um, Sorry, is it related to Deen and Khulub? Yes, so that, that's exactly the next slides, right? So let's understand what is meant by Deen, okay? Um, we unfortunately have been programmed to think of a tadayyun. As someone who only prays and someone who believes in akhirah and someone who, you know, believes in Allah and Tawheed Full stop, correct? كَأَنَّا akhlaq is something separate, deen well, is something separate, right? So that's the tragedy, actually, of what has happened. Um, and, and what that has led to, and we'll talk about this later on, Inshallah, is that there is a divide now. You have people who are religious, they're praying and all of this, and they have good aqeedah and all this, but أَخْلَاقِ يعني They're not really paying a lot of attention to that. And then you have another group of people who are like, you know what, if deen doesn't give me akhlaq, I actually don't need deen. I'm actually just going to work on being a good human being. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be loving and compassionate to people. And that's what really matters. I don't really need deen. I don't need to be practicing or paying my zakat or praying or doing any of this because I'm a good human being. And and I'm sure Allah's going to be happy with me if I'm a good human being. أحسن من المطوّع اللي, you know, he's, he's beating up children in the, in the masjid. اللي, she's rude in the, in the supermarket, you know. ف, you have these two divides. Have you guys seen that in society today? Yes, 100%. exactly. So let's look at some ayat and some ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ on the importance of khuluq. Number one, Surah Al-Qalam. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ Allah tells us that the Prophet Sallallahu Allah speaking to the Prophet that verily you are in the best khuluq. And khuluq here by the way is different than khalq. Okay. Uh, what's the difference between khalq and khuluq? Anyone? Khalq is the creation. Yeah, the external. Exactly. خلق, uh, no. prince, no, prince, or prince. No, even Good. Uh, Should I summarize it for you? Khuluq is the beauty of the external body, right? And the appearance. And this is khalk. sorry, is the beauty of the external. And khuluq is the beauty of your nafs. Okay, remember this. Khuluq is the beauty of the nafs. And when we're talking about husn al-khuluq. Because you can have khuluq that's qabiha, right? That's when the nafs is not purified. And I'm giving you like heads up right now. The other ayah, Surah al ahzab لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة. And verily, in the Prophet sallallahu for you is the best example to follow. In terms of what? Akhlaq. Okay. Then Allah, and the Prophet sallallahu and the hadith is going to come later on. He said in the hadith, إنما بعثت لأتمم مكارم الأخلاق. What does that mean? Verily, I have been sent only. إنما means only only and only for the purpose of fulfilling all the akhlaq al to, to be the example of the best character the best akhlaq okay this was the objective of the prophet so coming back to the question why akhlaq right like why are we bring why are we relating as philosopherin to akhlaq because that is the peak on the triangle also what was the peak ihsan okay so that is the objective Islam is supposed to get you to good akhlaq. Your akhila is supposed to get you to good akhlaq. That is the ultimate uh, uh, goal. And then, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ And verily, we have sent you only as rahma for mankind. For Not just mankind. عَالَمِينَ What does عَالَمِينَ mean? Every. All the worlds. Angel. Like in Surah Al-Fatiha. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil الْعَالَمِينَ Allah is not just the caretaker of human beings. He is the caretaker of... All the worlds, which includes what? Planets, stars, if you believe in aliens, aliens, jinn, hasharat, <laughs> under the sea, uh, Mars, whatever, you name it. He is taking care, actively taking care in a loving way of all the worlds. Okay? So, um, let's look at some hadith there, right? So, um, we talked about that. The best among you. And who are we talking about here? The four people in the, or the five people in the beginning. Right? The Prophet is telling us the best among you is the one who is of the best character. Okay? Character is the essence. The best among you is the one who is best to his family. And ahl here could also, in the explanation, be referred to your spouse. Wa ana لِأَهْلِهِ Why? ahlih. spouse and family? Why, why is this hadith very relevant? Those are the people who can be the most Exactly. Those are the people who really know you, by the way. If I really want to know who Rayana is, I'm going to ask her mother, her father, her brother, her sister and maybe her like colleagues at work, people who are really closer or her best friends. Maybe not her best friends because they might like be biased, but people who are living with her, they're seeing her flaws on a day-to-day basis. And the spouse is on top of all of these, right? Because like, and when you get married, your relationship with your spouse is very intimate, very private. You're sharing the same bed, sharing the same bathroom. Although there are some people who have different bathrooms. Uh, Just the other day I came across someone who actually didn't share a bathroom. That's fine But you've you're sharing everything so you're seeing the good and the bad and the ugly You're seeing everything you want to know What I'm really like and it's very easy for me to be a nice guy here for one hour two hours You know give you talk about Quran and Akhlaq, but you really want to know who I am over dinner talk to my wife and ask (laughs) Um, Because she sees everything right and and What's so incredible is when the Prophet, uh Aisha Anha, the Prophet's most favourite wife, was once asked, How was the character of the Prophet? And how did she respond? She's the one who knows him inside out, unlike any other uh, person. And she responded by saying, Kaana Hulu Quran. This is who Prophet Prophet Muhammad was. The what's that word? The epitome of creation, right? The epitome of character. The climax, the best. The, he's also referred to as Al Insan ul Kamil. Al Insan Kamil. The complete human being. Okay? And so imagine a walking Quran. Imagine for the Sahaba what it must have felt like to be living amongst someone who is literally a walking Qur'an. And that's what the book has been sent down for, right? What makes, what makes the Qur'an a miracle, by the way? Like all the previous prophets were given miracles, a, a staff that turned into a snake, um, uh, healing the blind, and all sorts of different miracles, right? Visual miracles. But the Qur'an is the Prophet's final miracle. What makes it a miracle? Exactly. What's so miraculous about this book? very guidance to what what actually what makes thank you Rayana very good this is the book that can get you back to ahsan taqweem Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent this book because like like we said earlier right we have been programmed to go as Fel-Safileen. what's going to get what's going to get us back to ahsan taqweem this book this guidance which is represented by Allah's words and the teachings of the prophet in practical in a practical manner Let's move on, because we have a lot to cover, right? Um, and so this is a beautiful... Sorry guys, but... So I Tara, don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm seeing all the texts like in reverse in this, okay. So <laughs> Allahumma, beautiful dua to make. I said this even last time we met. Beautiful dua to make when you see yourself in the mirror. Because when we often see ourselves in the mirror, we admire our hair and admire our like, looks and our clothes and our nose and our hair. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the Prophet has taught us to, yes, admire your looks. There's nothing wrong with that. But then add to that the importance of the inner beauty as well. Allahumma kama ahsanta khalqi fahasin khuluqi as well. And the Prophet has told us, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحبه لنفسه. None of you has, has complete iman until you love for your brother or your sister, what you love for yourself. This is all about akhlaq. This is what this deen is all about, okay? So are you guys uh, okay with the pace? Yeah. yeah, let's move on. We're nearly there. Answering Rayana's question. All human beings? La, alhamdulillah, in this surah there is an exception. Right? Or there is hope for us. Or there is a key, a hint. And now, yes, a lot of human beings, most human beings will be going down as asafaleen, but then Allah has given us hope. إِلَّا is an exception, Except for those who have Iman and do righteous deeds, عَمَل صَالِحٍ from Islah, which means to fix. شُنَ الصَّلَاحِ فِي الْقُرْآنِ? فَسَاد. Very good, right? So those who don't corrupt, they actually fix, right? So, Iman, عمل صالح, إِلَّا الذين آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ فَلَهُمْ أَجْرٌ غَيْرٌ مَمْنُونَ What does that mean? They have a reward that is infinite, never-ending, غَيْرٌ مَمْنُونَ But that's the the exception here. Let's go deeper into this. Because we want to know what this exception is, right? We want to get out of the أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ Allah has told us what the exception is. The key is these two things, Iman and Amal صالح. So, yalla, ya Habibi, yalla. Make dua, guys, that this sticker works uh, in our favor, inshallah. Yeah. All right. Someone made dua. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so, iman, amal, salihat. So. Um. What's the problem here? Like we said earlier, صالحات, we've kind of limited it to rituals. ف... When we talk about or when we think of mutadayyin, someone who has iman and amal salih, yeah, he believes in Allah and he prays, he fasts, he gives his zakah, he goes to umrah, he goes to hajj, he wears certain things and he, he has certain appearance. Is that what amal salihat is, is limited to? No. There's another aspect to amal salihat, which is akhlaq. Okay? Now, I asked you earlier and we can re- reconfirm this is the reality of our uh, times today is that people claim to have iman but there's really no amil salihat right so there's there's the rituals part of amil salihat that is amil salih yes no doubt but the other half of it is the akhlaq which is missing remember we agreed upon this all of us that is the tragedy, yes? So let's go deeper. We need to understand what is happening here. How come these guys claim to have Iman, but they don't really have true Amal Saleh? And this question was in my mind for the past decade. You know, a lot of people like, would ask me, Fahad, I the When you go to the West, you have people with great Akhlaq, but they don't have Deen. And here in the Muslim world, you have deen, people who are mutadayinun, but they don't have akhlaq How come this, how is this happening, right? So this was a question that يعني, was really in the back of my mind for a long, 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 long time. And like I said, I think يعني, this surah will help give us some hints to it. And inshallah, I've made a commitment for those of you who are serious to study this stuff in more depth, uh, is for the coming, uh, period. This is gonna be my area of study and focus uh, It's Akhlaq, right and what is really going on here? Okay, so I'm gonna be giving you a glimpse of my research so far That's why I told you this is gonna be a dense topic, right? We're not just here to kind of uh, Any yani, talk about Iman and just go home No, this is gonna be very dense There's gonna be a lot of things for you to think about inshallah So are you guys excited? Yes. <laughs> okay, good So let's move on. Let's move on. So we said there's Iman and there's Amal Salihat but something is missing, correct? What's missing? Before we see that, the clue is in Surah Al-Hujurat. In Surah Al-Hujurat, Allah tells us that a group of Arabs or Bedouins came and they came to the Prophet and they claimed that They were claiming to be people of Iman. And then Allah tells the Prophet to tell them لن, Tell them, O oh Prophet, no guys, you've gotten it wrong. You haven't reached the state of, stage of iman لَمْ تُؤْمِنُوا وَلَكِنْ أَسْلَمْنَا Can you imagine this? They were claiming, they thought they were mu'mineen. And Allah is telling the Prophet to correct them Remind them that, guys, no, 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 you're still not there. Remember the pyramid? They're still in the Islam level. They need to work themselves up to the Iman level. لم تؤمنوا ولكن قولوا aslamna. And then Allah gives us the hint. يدخل الإيمان في قلوبكم And Iman has not yet entered into your hearts. So what are we learning here is that, yes, Iman is an intellectual thing of aqeedah, but where does it rest? In our hearts okay so let's let's uh, dig deeper here so before we dig deeper so the A'raab they claim to have Iman Allah said no no you don't have Iman you have Islam and so what do you expect the the, um, Akhlaq or what do you expect the Amal Salihat of the A'raab to be complete or incomplete So if they're, they're still in the Islam level, not, it's not complete, right? Because Allah is telling us that to really have um, the exception to the rule, remember, ثُمَّ أَسْفَلَ السَّافَلِينَ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا Right? So to, to recover, you need Iman and Amal Salih. Allah didn't say, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ أَسْلَمُوا وَعَمِلُوا Are you guys getting what I'm trying to say? So Iman is what we want, right? And Allah gave us a hint, Iman is in the heart. So let's look, at, let's look at the heart. Okay. Last time we discussed this and we're going to repeat it again. The heart is really the battleground where there is a conflict going on between our ruh, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blew into us. روحي, this is something that has come from Allah. It's a, you're, there's a divine aspect of that. That wants, you, wants to pull you back to Ahsani Taqweem. Because where has the ruh come from? from from divine presence right احسن يعني احسن كل شيء it was with allah subhanahu wa taala it came into this body of yours for a couple of years but it can't wait to go back that's why when someone passes away what do we say inna lillahi wa inna رَاجِعُونَ okay but then allah also designed part of the asfellasaphaleen program right our our destiny to kind of go back, go down Is this nafs inside of us that has the program in it to be corrupted? Which is known as a nafs al-Amara Bisu. What is it known as? A nafs al Amara Bisu. The nafs that commands you to do evil. Okay, and then slowly, slowly, what you're expected to do is to purify this nafs, to do what's known as tazkiyah. When nafs Allah says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زكاها وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّهَا This nafs, Allah has given it inspiration to be from Ahsan Taqweem or to be from Asfal Asafilin. Those who purify it will be winners. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّهَا So, this is what's happening in the heart, guys. This battle is there and we are actually made of these two elements, right? There's the body element, the clay, teen, right, which is the, the worldly kind of element which is pulling you low. And then you have the ruh, which is the nurani element of you, the divine element of you. And there is this contrast of us. And, you know, we live in a world today where part of the problem of akhlaq not being up to its standard is the overemphasis on materialism. Overemphasis on the external, not the internal. Sahulala. Yes? al and the khalq and not the khulq, The outside, not the inside. The importance of just external and neglect of the internal. So let's move on, guys. Are you guys okay so far? Alright. So حسن الخلق What is حسن الخلق? Like we said هيئة nafs. The beauty of your nafs When it gets purified Your nafs has a beauty in it And what's really important that I Read this sentence very carefully Okay, I'm going to read it from here حسن الخلق هيئة Nafs, And this is a definition taken from Imam Al-Ghazali From his book إحيا علم الدين By the way For those of you who want to refer to it He says هيئة What is هيئة? حسن الخلق Hey في النفس راسخة. What does راسخة mean? Deeply embedded, right? Deeply in, like embedded in its roots. تصدر عنها الأفعال الجميلة ويسر من غير حاجة إلى فكر و So when you know when you have true حسن خلق is when beautiful actions come out of you, and beautiful words come out of you, and beautiful behavior comes out of you effortlessly naturally without you having to think without you having to struggle and to like it's just it flows out of you you know in a in a, in a very smooth and easy way there's no effort involved yani. and by the way khuluq is not just um in our dealings with people on like face to face and in community you want to really know how your akhlaq is Look at your akhlaq on the roads by the way, while you're driving. You really want to know what your akhlaq is like? How do you deal with a waiter when he brings you the wrong food? How do you deal with talabat when the order comes late or something's missing? how is your relationship with your parents? How's your relationship with your siblings? How do you deal with the um, the cleaner and the maids in your house, right? The du'afa, the misakeen. And like we said, for those of you who are married, i not married, by the way. I keep giving examples of marriage. Okay. For looking at your, sp- uh, like being Hassan Khuluk to your spouse. Needs a lot of work, guys. A lot of Yes? A lot of work. No joke, yani. Seriously, it is a يعني, big commitment and um, not easy, right? So, is this clear? What the definition of Hussan Khuluk now? But can you be generous, but you're doing it for like a hidden agenda? to get like fame and to seek حب and the الناس. This is one of the needs of the nafs. Uh, can you be kind for a hidden agenda? That's not حسن الخلق by the way, right? So we're not talking about actions. We're talking about حيئة النفس الداخل, What your nafs looks like deep down inside. And who knows this by the way? Who knows what your nafs really looks like? Allah and, and you, if you are صادق with yourself. You, if you are truthful with yourself, and there's another third element which I'll talk about in the last ayah. I'm not going to give it away today. It's a spoiler, Lanna. So how do you know if you really have husn al You have to be true to yourself. And you need something that we're going to talk about at the end, inshaAllah. Can you be forced to be kind and generous? Yeah, actually you can. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, not, that's what I'm saying. It's not about the actions inside. So, right? It's not about actions. That's why this definition, screen capture if you want, or I can share the slides with you guys later. This definition and its com- completion is extremely important. It has to be You don't have to think about it. Generosity flows out of you, kindness flows out of you, compassion flows out of you, forgiveness flows out of you naturally, that's that's who you are, That's يعني, whether it's on the road, Talabat, Al-Khadam, that's who you are. You know, ف... may Allah give us this station of Husn al you know? Um, so, it depends on the intention. If you are honest, you are just trying to yourself. Yeah, so that's inshallah, you're on your way, yeah, inshallah. Um, so guys, coming back to our, our cute uh, people here, right, so لَقَدْ خَنَقْلَ الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ ثُمَّ رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ Let's look at, you guys want to know what the two roots of حسن الخلق are? or the two roots of akhlaq in general. There's two roots. Remember I told you we're not studying akhlaq as a, as a shallow general subject. What are we going to be talking about? Usul al-akhlaq. Why are we talking about usul al-akhlaq? Because if you get the usul right, guess what? The furu fall into place, right? Because again, none of us is going to be... as we don't have time to read Ahya al from cover to cover, right? It's going to take you ages to finish it. But at least know the usul. Know the roots, and, I, and they're just two. Is that too much? Or easy? Yeah, you read allahu bikum al-yusr wala you read bikum al So it's easy, guys, okay? And and yani, that's really my methodology of studying and teaching. I wanna give you the usool so that you can carry it forward and practically apply it in your life. Right? We're not gonna be, we're not gonna be talking about 50 Akhlaq that you need to have. Are there 50 akhlaq that you need in your life to be ahsan Yes. But guess what? There's two roots. The first one is any any uh, hints from the picture. A okay. shahwat, right? A shahwa, temptation, desire. Okay. Now, why do I have a picture of a child here? It's because I want to explain to you the idea of The 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 corruption hap, The corruption to the snafs. Remember, I told you this snafs al amara bissu. It's actually programmed to be corrupted at a very early age. It's designed to... Because, you know, babies, when they're innocent and, and young, they, they just want milk, right? I mean, they're hungry, they're thirsty, they want milk. If they want some compassion, they'll cry, they want a hug, they want some love, right? And that's it. They just want three things, actually. Babies need... Or four things. Yeah. Food and drink. Uh, compassion changing diapers and burps right that's all they need as they grow older milk alone is not enough now they want food now they want drink now they don't just want food and drink they want food and drink that tastes good and the mar- el- marketing industry my guess so sort of bad right the colorful marketing industry the attractive marketing and the ads coca-cola mcdonald's junk food you name it slowly slowly and of course of course we said two things um, affect your shahawat is environment and habits right so it depends on the family and their values and what kind of food is coming home what kind of grocery shopping is happening but for the most part sweets are going to come every child has tasted a lollipop it's like a treat يعني. we give them sweets we give them chocolate and it's like يعني, we, we actually are treating them but corrupting them at the same time, corrupting their nafs, because now they're like tasting variety, and they just want more of it. And and by the way, this this can of coke, would you ever give it to that newborn child? Why not? Why not? I think that would the exactly. Is that it, it it could actually cause death, right? Yeah. So that's also part of like the the I mean, some things for you to think about as a parent is why does this change? Yeah. Best because he's cute, I'm going to be careful. But then as they become, they're still cute when they're four and five. But now I can give them stuff to corrupt them slowly, slowly. And, and again, I'm not expecting you guys to never give them chocolate or, or sugar or candy. or all. I mean, our kids have chocolate and candy and everything. But this is just for you to understand what's happening. What is causing this, right? So with the shahawat, what happens? The nafs start going into deterioration and by the way let's talk about shahwat very interesting so kids and we've noticed this with our children and and our youngest Nura she's how old now I keep forgetting five and a half half. so we've seen her like early ages mashallah amazing shui shui now she's into sweets chocolate now after the the shahwa of food and drink guess what shahwa kicks in the shahwa of ownership she wants her own barbie doll now she doesn't want to like her sister's barbie doll she wants her own clothes. she wants her own school bag, right so this is another shahwa. right do do adults have these shawat? Yes, do adults have Shawat of akil and al alpan but what am i what am I trying to address here is that this shawa actually originated way 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 long ago. you wanted your own toys, you wanted your own Lego, you wanted your own ipad, you wanted your, own you wanted your kids want their own. Gadgets today, right? Muffy sharing, must the yeah. In the beginning, they share. Like Nora used to be like, she still is. mashallah. she's still young. Then, she loves to share, help. But as they grow older, what happens to kids? They start becoming stubborn, and uh, they start saying no. They start um, ignoring you. They start um, getting uh, less generous right this is mine this is my cookie why should I share it with her okay so that's one uh, and th- and then as just just to highlight uh, two more shahwat because there's a lot of shahwat right but we talked about al-batan we talked about al tamalluk Two, the, the, the next shahwat the, the one comes that comes after puberty that's the problematic one also the shahwat al-jins right al-nikah the sexual desire but then later on you also have other shahwat as adults as adults. You have the shahwa of the big one is hubbel manzilati nas. Manzilati nas. What does that mean? Yeah, seeking recognition and status in society, being liked by society, being appreciated by society, being uh, noticed by society, by those around you. You want like your own men- manzila means status. Your actually, status. It's most, it's most intense with uh, old people. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then, yani, a lot of people think shahwat al-mal, shahwa, right? Money. But actually, why do you want money? Why do people want money? It's because money gets you to own things. صح? You you want money because you want to own your house. your own. You want to own your own house and your own car and your own yacht and you want to be able to buy food that tastes, tastes yummy. And uh, with money, you can gain more recognition in society you see and then you know once you have money and then you want power because power gives you more authority more manzala right so it's all about menzila, menzila, menzila. and um, to summarize all of the shahwat it's really hubba dunya wa karahiyat al maut, right dunya wa karahiyat al maut, hatred of death and the, this disease of the heart this shahwa, is called al-wahan and the Prophet ﷺ has described this in a hadith Which uh, you can talk about in, in, in a future discussion But this is the يعني, the root of shahwat Or I've highlighted the main ones Okay, Let's move on guys Because there's a lot to cover The next uh, so, so what did we just say? There's two usul lil akhlaq One is Al-shahwa And the other is You guessed it from the picture What is it? Anger, al-ghadab. Okay, and um, kids get start getting angry. And they, it's yisawunha al-harakah. Like my kid, all my kids do that when they get angry, right? They took it from, I think, Abdullah, right? Abdullah started and then this is a sign that they're angry. Yeah. Um, it starts from a very young age. Ghadab. It doesn't last as long. As we get older, the ghadab the lasts longer. For some it lasts days, for some it lasts week. for some it lasts months, for some unfortunately it lasts years. For some they die with anger in their hearts, with no forgiveness and no resolution, right? So this is it guys. The summary of the أحسن the, Taqweeb is you want to rectify your Akhlaq, look at your shawat, look at your Ghadab, your anger, okay? let's go let's go further um, where are we now okay I know you guys have a lot of questions right so let's talk about that next and this is a heavy heavy slide but uh if, if you guys are interested in studying this with me, this is what I'm going to be talking about in coming sessions in more depth. Okay, but I'm just giving you a heads up. Let's let's let me just um, take you through the slides. If the yalla, we want that du'a again, please, guys. Okay. So anger. The plus the plus column means excessive, and the negative means. What's the opposite of excessive? Help me out with words. Decessive? Decessive? Is, this, is that the thing? <laughs> yeah, let's just make up that word. right? Dece- يعني, okay. On one hand, you have kathra. On, on the other hand, you have قلة, Right. So you have ghulu, means extreme in both ends. Either you have excessive or you have very little. What is that teaching us before we move on? The blue is the center, it's the balance, which means that is anger good or bad? Anger happens. What you do with your anger? Very good, Rihanna. Okay. So actually anger is built inside of us. It depends how you guide anger. right? If it, if, if it guides you to do something good, then it's beneficial. If it guides you to do something bad, then it's obviously. So give me examples of how, because we all know how anger can lead to bad. We don't need to talk about that. We'll talk about that in future discussions about okay. this, yeah, and but actually like anger is yes, <laughs> how what do you do with it? exactly <laughs> My please <laughs> so um that's that's the we will will digress, but it's a very good point, yeah, <laughs> But anger is given by a can someone give me an example of how anger can be something can turn to something good? can guide you to do good. When you're angry at something corrupt or something that you're not happy That's with, fair. then you're going to act to make it better. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, for example, excuse me, Hassan, I'll use your example today, right? So, um, uh, today in the GDN, there was an article about a beautiful cause called care for rare was it or rare yeah care for rare okay um me and my wife have been blessed with a special needs child she's handicapped she has a rare disease and uh, i purposely use the word blessed because she is really is a blessing and um you know we've had our four-year journey of uh trying to find a cure for her and like we haven't really found anything yet it's a rare disease right but this article was hope for us because now mashallah Hassan and his colleagues have set up this initiative to take and address this issue. Now, what was, I don't know Hassan, his background, but there must have been some, someone was upset at the system, upset or angry that these special needs children, no one's addressing their issues, no one's taking care of them, they don't have a platform, the parents are struggling, there's no hope for them, right? So that's, I'm assuming this, right? But that anger or just being upset at something missing in society, like you mentioned, something there was, we won't call it corruption, but just a lack of service to this specific segment of society. So that being upset with that led to starting a project, you know, being part of a cause. Does that make sense? So that's just one example, and you can, inshallah, think of other examples so excessive anger leads to recklessness in arabic it's called at-tahawur. this is where you have people blowing themselves up even in the the name of religion right which is of course not justified at all but this is when anger goes out of control and of course uh, madness pride is part of that Um, let's look at the other other extreme where you don't have you don't have anger then you become coward then you become someone who's humiliated disgraced people step on you people uh, you don't even have the guts to even ask for your basic rights yani you know like that's also not required um, but what's what's the balance the balance is bravery guys al so you have quwwat al shahwa how do you tackle it with shaja'a now, often shajah is translated as courage. Correct? Yes, courage. But inshallah, when we study this topic further, you understand that shajah and courage is way, way more than just uh, standing up for your friend or standing up for a cause. La la la! It's a very, very deep subject. Guess what? Generosity comes from shajah. Generos- Remember, we said usul. The asl is shajah. A far is generosity and karam and jude. How so? What's the opposite of bravery? Cowardness. Cowardness or fear, right? So, what makes one generous? And what or what's the opposite of generosity? Greed, correct? Why why is one greedy? Very good. There's fear of money being less, fear of not being compensated, fear of yani, being fear of losing wealth, right? Whereas the one who is generous, the gen- the one who is generous, my He gives, and gives, and gives, and he's he's brave in giving. Generosity actually requires bravery, which is embedded in trust. You're brave enough to give without um, worrying about how it's going to come back to you. You have full yaqeen. Does that make sense? So there's patience also, and um, tolerance. These are all furu'ah. Exactement, which is bravery. Let's move on because um, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. So desires. Let's talk about desires, right? shahwa is kicking in. Yeah. Okay. So um, desires, guys. Yeah okay okay let's talk about desire so excessive desire is good or bad wait is, is desire good or bad for first of all depends how you use it right it depends how you control it again desire is built inside of us just like anger is built inside of us it's how you guide it how you gauge it okay there's nothing wrong Annie, and that's where the church the christian church got it wrong again they thought desire is wrong for, Yani the priests don't get married, right? You know, and Wasat, uh, right? You get married, you can fulfil your sexual desires. You have food and drink, uh eat and drink and, and satisfy it in a beautiful way. A healthy food can be very tasty, um, So there's nothing wrong with money, right? You can you can have shahwa of, of making money but then spend it and you know, or shahwa of Passion is also a shahwa, by the way. But passion for good cause, passion for being a good Khalifa of Allah on earth, beautiful. It's how you guide it, right? But here we're talking about excessive shahwats, which are on the wrong direction, right? Where like all you think about is food and drink, all you think about is sexual desires, all you think about is money, 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 and accumulation of more, 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 which Allah called a takathur. Right? that leads to then comparison and jealousy and all other kind of um, diseases on the other extreme you have where like this lack of passion where you're now lazy, you're lethargic, you are um, cold in, in, uh, in the shara' they call it the youth. have you guys heard the term dayuth? It's it's a very interesting uh, word which actually highlights how one can be cold with like it's the opposite of jealousy. You know how like when like in the West, Yani and um like there's no jealousy at all. So the the wife is hugging and kissing other men and you know the, the husband is also kissing other women and hugging Adi, oh, we're just friends and come on, there's nothing between us. we're just we're just nice to each other. We love we love each other in a different way, you know. For that, those kind of uh, feelings or, or lack of jealousy is actually unhealthy. Thank you so much. So you guys understand what we're talking about? It's lack of that. Shahua is also not good. You don't want to be cold in your marriage relationship. A lot of. Um, Yes, but uh, translation. I don't know, honestly. But yeah, in the Arabic, al-ghira, it can be used in a beautiful way, also. Yeah, Hasad. Um A lot of marriages end up in divorce and problems because of one, either the wife or the husband, being too cold, right? Too not interested in in, in the bed, or satisfying themselves somewhere else. If not, that's where that comes in. When one is cold and the other is very warm, you know. So. You have these extremes, and so satisfying each other is very, very important. Um, and by the way, to have that intimacy, just a side note for those of you who are married, this uh, this is extremely important. Tadrun ayat Ramadan, like how many times is Ramadan mentioned in the Quran? Once. Just once in Surah Al Baqarah, okay? And open up the Quran tonight read the ayat of of Ramadan there's a sequence of ayat that come Ramadan and then Quran and then Dua and then all of a sudden comes the ayah of intimacy between husband and wife and Allah ends that by saying (laughs) لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So Ramadan when you study the Quran you have to look at how one ayah is connected with the one after it there's a sequence there's divine wisdom in the flow of the subject. Allah talks about Ramadan. He says right? This this month is the month of taqwa, So you can gain piety and closeness to Allah And then he talks about du'a, I think something. All of a sudden he talks about intimacy between husband and wife in bed, in very um, pure but explicit terms, okay? And then at the end he says, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ What is that teaching us? And by the way, there's also ayat about infaq also. What is that teaching us is that Ramadan, we think of Ramadan as a month of fasting and Quran and Dua. Actually Ramadan is that Allah is teaching us because the Sahaba yani, had an issue with um, not being able to hold themselves from the intimacy of, of the relationship in bed with their wives during the day. And that breaks their fast, صح? But Allah gave them the relief in uh, in this ayah. Allah gave them the relief. Tara, I know you guys have this shahwa, and guess what? The good news is you can enjoy yourselves to the max at night during the layali of Ramadan. Basically, yeah. that's it's actually part of Ramadan to have that intimacy at night with your spouse and uh, to enjoy it and to. So, what are we learning here? Is that And for those of you who are not married, you won't understand this. But to get to that level of intimacy and harmony between a husband and a wife requires what? A lot of effort. It requires husn al khulq in both ways, right? Because what is most attractive about a person besides their looks? What is most attractive? Yeah, exactly. Which is, again, etun nafs, right? From the inside. That's why before you get married, before you get to know someone, or before you get married, you want to know, get to know someone. Why? Because you're curious, not about the outside, you're curious about nafs min al-dakhil. That's where like, you want to find out what this person is really like. And you want to know what a person is really like, two things, travel with them. Number two, do business with them. Right? How many of you have traveled with friends that you really love, but when you travel for more than three days, fights happen between you and you get annoyed at each other and you don't talk? Hands up if you've experienced that. Lish, why does that happen? Actually, you're seeing the true self come out, exactly. Sometimes the opposite, of course. Yeah, if, uh, it's, it's act- Travel brings the reality out, right? So, good or bad. Both ways <laughs> hey mashallah. and in business yani I've had my experiences of of losing lots of money in a recently in a, in a business deal uh, where my very close friend and partner break the agreement and did something behind without letting me know, and it led to the loss entire loss of my capital completely. So, Again, it happens. You want to know someone, do business with them, and uh, travel with them. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, guys. We need to move on and close. So, shunul balance? Modesty, or in Arabic, Al-Iffa. Such a beautiful word. al if. Okay, so you have Al-Shaja'a and Al-Iffa. These are the two so you had قوة الغضب القوة الشهوة, right? What's the cure for قوة الشهوة? الشجاعة What's the cure for قوة الغضب? العفة <تصفيق> Sorry, عكس صح? Okay, correct me, شلون? قوة الغضب, شنو cure مالها? الشجاعة قوة الشهوة إذا أنا قاعد أشوف السلايدي بالمقلوب وأنا بروحي قاعد قوة العفة is the cure for قوة الشهوة okay, العفة modesty what is modesty? sorry what's the difference between العفة and الحياة Hayah uh, الحيا is a is a is a, a farah of Al العفة. العفة is more general الحياة is more to do with your um, again again in general if you notice integrity comes under عفة right you don't really think of integrity when you think of, of حياة right Haya is more about being a bit shameful, having like this shameful nature of uh, not not in a bad way but in a good way. Being shy, right? Being. Bas al is. Having boundaries. Having boundaries. Good point. Good point. Okay? Very good point. Bas, what are the other words? Contentment, integrity, and kindness. These are all furo' al Okay? Uh, like I told you, this is a very big subject, and I just wanted to give you a glimpse of what this beautiful subject is about. But, great point. Boundaries. So, what do you notice? The difference. <laughs> Boundary is the hint. Barakallah fiich. Barakallah Okay. So one is about going forward, al qdam, and al Ifa is about boundaries, holding back. the the nature of the nafs is by default to be an excessive shahwa mode, and you need to pull the reins. Best, the nature of the insan from a from the anger perspective is al-jubun and lack of confidence and lack of self-esteem and being afraid to speak in public and being you know and then uh you need to work on being more brave and that's what like we do with our kids yalla you know get up let's stay so you know so it, they need that push but if that you need to pull them back because you know they're designed to kind of uh go into ex- excessiveness does that make sense guys All right, let's move on. Bismillah. Okay. Guys, we're coming to the close. Bear with me, okay? Now this is uh where it gets شوي uh, important, okay? So let's review the ayat. Wat tini wa zaytoun wa turu sinin wa hadha albalad alamin. Laqad khalaqnal insana fi ahsani taqwim thumma radadnahu asfala safilin illa alladhina amanu. Remember the heart. وَلَمَّا الْهَارْتِ الرُّوح and the taski happens and the nafs gets purified شيصير عَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Now goodness comes out in terms of نُسُك and in terms of what? أخلاق okay. The balance comes إِلَّا لَذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ فَلَهُمْ أَجْرٌ غَيْرٌ مَمْنُونَ Now Allah closes with these two ayat فَمَا يُكَذِّبُكَ بَعْدُ بِالْدِّينِ أَلَيْسَ bi بِأَحْكَمِ al Let's let's break it down. What then is causing you to deny this message? What then is causing you to reject this deen? It's a question that Allah is posing at us. What in the world is this ayah doing in this um uh, surah? So that the big million dollar question is do we really need deen to have good akhlaaq? Okay, Hansa, let's do a quick survey. How many of you believe that we do not need deen to have good akhlaq? How many of you believe that we do not need deen to have good akhlaaq? I don't see... Yallah, be brave, up, up. It's really a general survey, no judgment. Okay, as expected. It's actually 60-70% of you believe that, yes. We do not need deen for akhlaq akhlaq is a human quality. It's human nature and we don't need deen to guide it. So let's look at this. Okay, This is what we're going to go into. And yeah, this is another question. What motivates human beings? Sorry guys, sorry about this. What motivates human beings to have good akhlaq very good so consequences which is uh, fear what causes us to drive according to the speed limit which is it's fear of getting caught what causes you to show up to work on time and clock in on time fear of i don't know about your companies but in our company they cut from your salary and you know if you're late what causes you To be nice to the waiter in the beginning before the food comes Audrey, but sometimes we act extra nice why so that they don't mess up the food and they you know bring it on time <laughs> you know <laughs> but but that's exactly my point, okay. That's exactly my point. Our, motivation, our motives often are actually pure fear, more genuine. When we talked about the feeling of the it's right. But what we learn here is that often when it comes to humanistic akhlaq, most people actually in reality are actually behaving well just because they just fear the consequences. Okay? Number two, hope of worldly Gain. are people also well behaved because they have worldly benefits out of that often i'll be nice so that i can get promoted i'll be nice yeah i'll be nice so my customers can yani very good in elections yeah for voting be nice yani so that you can get more cast of vote. exactly exactly for so that's exactly what we're talking about that's a worldly need right you want to be treated it's uh, you want to be treated well so that's a nafsi need okay so it's you want something out of it there is a condition i'll be good because this goodness will bring me some benefits some worldly benefit okay um, moving on what are other motivations by the way this second question is answering the first question Another motivation is. Who can read? Self guided values. values. Can someone say, you know what? I drive with the speed limit. I am a good person. I am loving. I don't cheat. I, don't, I show up to work on time. I respect human beings because I value. Uh, this is a principle of mine. I'm in Al Qiyam, and I, like, I live by my principles and and this is who i am and this is what defines me and i believe in these values and therefore i really genuinely am good to people because that's who i am are there people like that yes. well it's not their values I mean, it's, it's the values they saw in the world and they yeah I mean, embraced, but mm-hmm. it's not their values mm-hmm. yeah yes you had a point Yes. Can come out and it could not be for any reason outside of them. They're just humanly exactly. pure. Exactly. So what I'm trying to do is address to you the the common ones and, and by the way the last one is uh, not very common. Feet there absolutely are and this is regardless of religion now, regardless of Muslim, non Muslim, there are people who are genuinely good because they believe in those values for themselves. They actually live by those principles, okay? Rare, but they're available. Um, we're not talking about that. that. That's category two. We're talking about people who such genuinely, they, they're really good. How many of you know people like that? Yeah, we all know people like that. such, they have no agenda, and like goodness flows out of them, right? But even those people get those angry moments. They do react. Exactly. Akeed, akeed. Again, yeah all of us are work in progress right let me invite you to some food for thought guys now this person who has these values or or they call them right like principles that are that I live by that I live by these are my values can the self and think about it from a non-Muslim perspective now can the self sometimes deceive us (laughs) like. <laughs> so let, let me give you an example right um let's say there is a businessman who is pursuing a project he's applied he's bid for the project and um you know the the the, the client has told him listen يعني, pay us some money under the table and we'll give you the project now this guy his principle is no bribes, no ma, no cheating, no ghesh, it's my value, it's عندي, عندي وهذه, right? but then the nafs, especially the nafs al Amara Bisu, right, this mini shaitan inside of us, right? Which is a partner in crime with shaitan that's outside. Okay? This nafs comes and suggests to this person Habibi, if you don't take the if you don't give the bribe to win this project, someone else will. And anyway, everybody, this is how the system works. Uh, everybody's paying under the table. And you know, you're a good person, you really are a good person, and you really have these values. Best pay the bribe, win the project, make tons of money, and then build a masjid, build a hospital, build an orphanage, and do a lot of good. Why are you missing the opportunity to do good just because of a small? exception a small uh, compromise on your values doesn't the nefs do that sometimes right it plays games so (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly but again like I told you this is food for thought okay food for thought Um, another very important point these are يعني, very deep discussions. صراحة, I'm just throwing them at you guys. One of the qiyam al uliya especially with non Muslims, is freedom. You guys agree? Freedom. Freedom of choice, freedom to do what I want, aspiring to freedom, al hurriya, al al hurriya, right? And the um, entire value system is based on, the foundation of the value system is hurriya okay لا حريث عدا على حريتي okay this is الغرب بينما احنا في الدين عندنا حرية is it a value? yes it is a value is it the foundational value? actually عندنا احنا في الدين حرية is a value but the foundational value is العدل justice إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإتاءذ القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي. Okay. الله يأمر adli Some scholars say this ayah is a summary of our entire دين. إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان أخلاق. Right. عدل and wa meaning maintaining your close ties. وينهى عن والمنكر All sorts of and all But and Justice is, a, is the core value for us. Okay? Freedom is nice, but if, if I was to um, favor one over the other, the Deen would tell me to favor Adil um, over freedom. Who can give me an example? Who can help me and give me an example of how this is true? How the Muslim will put Adl before the uh, hurriya versus a non-Muslim will put hurriya before Adl. Help me out. Okay, so, good example. قذف meaning you accuse someone of an indecent uh, adulterous act, okay? In, in Islam, this is actually من الكبائر. What does كبائر mean? The, the major, big kind of sins, right? في وفي كبائر. Whereas maybe in the West, uh, as someone who's non-Muslim, كيفي أنا يعني بتكلم في فلان وعلان as long as I'm not hurting them personally, I'm just talking about them behind their back, it's okay. عندنا احنا الغيبة إذا شنو عقوبة الغيبة what does Allah describe غيبة as Eating the flesh of your dead brother while he's alive or eating the flesh of your living brother or sorry dead brother right? So غيبة, Someone could say أنا no, والله Freedom أنا أتكلم كيفي بس إحنا عندنا في الدين لا 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 حبيبي تقدر تتكلم أنت حر تتكلم بس لا تتعدى على حدود شخص في الغيبة أنت مالك حق تتكلم بورا ظهر فلان أي شيء مالك حق تسوي نميمة يعني ف ي see how like the and the religion puts justice and gives you gives everyone the right uh, to protect their own justice and to fulfill the rights of others. Good example. I'm looking for something else also. Anyone else, can you help me with this example? It's a very important point for you guys to understand. To answer that big question up there. Do we need deen to have good akhlaq? Yes, absolutely, absolutely Fa we Let's just all agree on this point Can non-Muslims and Muslims have akhlaq? Absolutely Is it enough? Is it, is it okay to say I don't need deen to, to fulfill my akhlaq? That's where we're saying No, we need deen The answer, short answer is we need deen to fulfill our akhlaq To get to ahsani taqweem, you need deen Without deen, you cannot do it Why? Because number one, we said A lot of people are... are Motivated by worldly things, either fear of consequences, gain of something worldly, or self guided things, right? Whereas the, uh, the short answer to that is a believer in our deen, our motivation to have good akhlaq is not fear of consequences, it's not um, worldly gain, it's not because my nafs feels like it, or I think this way or that way, la la la. It's because this it actually is an act of ibadah for me. Ihsan is what, Akhlaq is what, and ta'bud Allaha You're not looking at the world. <laughs> That's a low level of, of approaching, deen. Yeah, so we're talking about ihsan, high level, <laughs> inshallah. Yeah, and um, ta'bud الله... like pay attention to the statement. Now you'll understand what it means. And ta'bud Allaha ka which means that all you see is Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and everything you do you don't see yourself mo antabir Allah ka annaka tara mu mo antabir Allah ka annaka tara al-nas ka annaka tara fa in tara fa innahu yarak that is that is really the essence of akhlaq so your motive is actually purely for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's an act of ibadah because you are a khalifa of Allah on earth and it is an amana. You actually, all of us, we are khulafa of Allah on earth which means that we have been given an amana, a trust. So it's my duty, it's my responsibility, it's, it's, it's why Allah created me. That's my motivation to have good husn khuluq, to seek Allah's pleasure, ibada, khilafa, and because if I don't clean this heart, guess what? On the day of judgment, I'm just. Uh, يعني, nothing is going to be uh, of benefit to me. لا... Allah talks about day of judgment. يوم لا guys. Remember this. On that day, your money, your children will be of no use. What will only benefit you? A qalb that is salim. A heart that is pure, that is sound, that is filled with beauty. A nafs that is beautiful, that is purified. We said, qad aflaha man zakaha wa qad khaba man We, our motive is winning. Winning Allah's pleasure. It's not winning dunyawi reasons. I hope this point highlights to you that we're not. again, we're giving credit to, and let's let's actually do that right now. In the next slide. Can um, about an example between freedom and justice? Yes, thanks for reminding me. It's a tough one. Best. Um, it's 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 a sensitive subject, but um, I think it's important to bring it up. Uh, this idea of freedom, in terms of gender choice. You choose who you want to be. Well, and, it, yeah, and, and there's different categories today, right? Gays, lesbians, and what are the other categories? I, like There's so many new ones now, huh? Trans, gender, and I think there's two others. It's LGBT, right? So it's, so what's Q now? <laughs> Queer. <laughs> now <it's>, uh, Queer, you <laughs> know? The, the new thing is pronouns. What are your pronouns, like they or she? Really? Okay. <laughs> What's queer by the way? Anyone knows? Okay. Curious. Curious, still <laughs> discovering. <laughs> but guys, it's a very sensitive subject. But let's talk about it. Deen, you yeah? in our deen. In the West, they say, I could choose to be gay or lesbian or bi or try or whatever. Does try exist? No. Mafid, <laughs> I just made it up. We have a that guides you. Okay? And this is what um, this next slide is about. Okay? So, are you guys seeing how this ayah is coming in in here? فَمَا What makes you neglect deen? When it comes to becoming أحسن when التقويم, when it comes to dealing with your أَسْفَلَ سَافَلِينَ and coming back, what is making you not give credit to deen? Deen is an extremely... Don't deny deen. Without deen, you can't do it. Without deen, you will not be able to do it because deen, what does it do? Number one, read. Guides us to truth versus falsehood. Right? Al haqq, al Our deen gives us that. Um, a deen decides what's beautiful, what's ugly. Lut alayhi salam's people were destroyed. Clearly, that act, not the people. Guys, very important. We're not judgmental of gays and lesbians and bison. We're not judgmental. Our deen does not... Allah judges, not us. But Allah tells us... Allah talks about actions. SubhanAllah. I was working with a client uh, who was gay and um, we were studying the ayat of Lut. It was incredible to see how Allah is extremely specific on the choice of words when it comes to Accusing the people of Lut, He never ever accuses the people of being bad or wrong. He always talks about their acts Do your research go back Search Lut but you'll It's always about the their actions not the people for so when we never judge blacks we have all love and compassion for all of humanity including gays and lesbians and everyone else right, but the shara dictates whether the act is ugly or beautiful now coming back to justice right on this point what happens when you have same-sex marriages is there is injustice that happens to yourself your family structure your society and at baqaa and nasl gets interrupted basically, right? So like the whole point of procreation is what? Continuity of an, an nestle and community uh, growth and all of that. With same-sex marriages, you have diseases, you have problems. What are some of the consequences of same-sex marriages? Like negative consequences? Confusion with the, kid, Confusion with the kids, uh, psychological issues, um, societal issues, emotional issues. You can't have babies, basically. Muffi, muffi baits. Muffi, yani. there's families and if this continues, you can have an entire generation with, with no kids, no, yani, muffi, you know. Uh, the idea of having kids out of wedlock. Muffi commitment. Whereas when you're in a marriage, Allah called marriage very good example: Mitha and. Very, very serious and strong covenant or contract. Again, it's a trust, it's an amana. I, I signed this contract. I am responsible to fulfill the rights of my wife. And she signs, she's responsible to fulfill my rights. Marriage is not about me seeking my rights, Tara. It's about me fulfilling the rights of the other. But it's, it's exchange of rights. And it's okay. We'll just live together, have kids. The child has a right to have a, f- a father who carries his uh, name. It's a right, God-given right. ف... Again, I gave a teaser. Is the subject not fully? fully. You need to think about it. Okay. This is deep discussions, guys. Let's, let's move on. Um, so what's the next next point? Beauty and ugly. Who decides what's beauty what's ugly? Okay. Actually, you know it deep down inside. Allah tells us, Allah actually has designed your heart to love beauty. وَكَرَّهَ اليكم الكفر والفسوق والاحسان you actually like you're designed to hate stuff that's ugly for ف- ف- anyone who's indulging in their shahawat or their ghadab and they have like the, the nafs is in, in-, in um, following nafs al-amara and it's corrupted are they really enjoying life exactly they're not at peace في conflict لان الله الا يعلم من خلق doesn't Allah know the one who created, it? Doesn't he know what's, what's good for you, what's not good for you, what works, what doesn't work, okay? ف, um, some people can claim and shamelessness and indecency is beautiful, but it's not. It's disgusting. يعني, Talking about things, something like pornography, Allah uses the term for um, a naked body. This, he uses the same term for a naked body As he uses for a dead corpse. Saw'ah, fil Quran. Lish. Think about it. Lish. Allah used the same word for a dead body, a corpse, and a body that is fully naked. He's actually programming us to think of the fact that you enjoying watching nude people is is it's a disease, it's a sickness, Do you enjoy do you enjoy watching dead bodies? Does anyone have that Shahwa of watching dead bodies? I, I, at one point uh a it's my faces of death. You guys remember that? Like that you're not in my generation, so Faces of death or websites where you see this thing. That's it was just curiosity. Mushahwa Stachfallah um yeah, shahwa can lead you to do crazy things. But you guys understand now? Yeah. And justice. Justice. justice, who decides what's beauty, what's ugly? What's the next one? Yeah, we talked about that. And then uh, what works, what doesn't work? And I like to use this term, صراحة, instead of halal and haram. شيء Allah made haram doesn't work for you, eventually. It's going to have a negative consequence on you. Kilche Allah halach and encourage you to do, it's gonna work for you. It's gonna be for your advantage. ف... Allah decides because He created us, He created this entire system. Allah yalamu man khalaq. خَلَقُ Let's close, let's close, let's go, okay. So guys, number two. What are we talking about here? الدين, divine guidance, what does it give us? Number one, li helps you it guides you to truth versus falsehood beauty versus ugly justice versus rights you know what are your what's your what are your rights what are other people's rights what works what doesn't work number 2 what are the benefits of shara' and ad-deen in terms of akhlaq keeps you firm when you get threatened in your job lazim تاخذ bribe otherwise we will fire you Here uh, are the test. are you Abdullah or are you Abd, the boss Analyze, evaluate yourself. Yeah. The boss will say, listen, if you don't take the bribe, well, I'll fire you and you won't find a job, the economy is bad, you have kids, you have school fees to pay, you have... Yeah. Hey. Then I don't think Allah will give a bad punishment to taking something to say to your life. Yeah, yeah. Again, يعني, we can, can sit and talk about what we think, but Shara's made it easy for us. Rashi wal Murtashi Nar. You know? The giver and the receiver of bribe fin Nar, right? And, um, and I agree, Rayana, يعني, there's grey areas and all this, but it's about principles what good is a principle if it can be broken it's not a, don't call it a principle then right? uh, but yani, inshallah when we study this topic deeper I'm going to give you inshallah examples from the life of the Prophet the life of the Sahaba that's where you really understand how the Prophet was for them firmness even if it meant their lives they wouldn't back up but مستوى right? Of of يقين that my رزق is with Allah سبحانه. وتعالى. If I leave this job, I not not take not take that bribe. I don't care how bad the economy is. Allah من ترك شيئا لله. This is a hadith, a وعد من Allah, a promise from Allah Subhanahu من ترك شيئا لله عوضه الله خيرا منه. Whoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, Allah will compensate you with something better. Not easy to believe, صح? it's a promise. But their faith and you know, all of that. And then uh, number three guys, and we're, we're, we're ending inshallah. Love of Rasulullah, lanna he is, uh, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ For the benefit of um, having divine guidance to guide your akhlaq is, you have an example, الْرَسُولِ you know ليش Allah swore by these five prophets at the beginning to tell us we need role models we, yani we need standards instead of نخلي الموضوع سايب وكل واحد يجتهد على كيفه لا 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 we have standards Allah's given us clear cut uh, guidance and given us role models and yani to make you understand this point you ever want to know if you should do something or not do something, ask yourself one question. If Prophet Muhammad was in my situation, would he do it or not? Would he say this or not? How would he react to this? How how would he respond to this? What choice would he make? And you will only know the like you will only benefit from this technique when. Who can you say? before that a point before that how can you use this technique of, of gauging like what to do and what not to do, when you learn about, Ver- do you to learn? exactly very good Rihanna so learning about the life of the Prophet if you don't know his life you know the life of Ronaldino and uh, uh, Messi and uh, Kim Kardashian and you know Lady Gaga then Again, how, how will you gauge if you don't know what the Prophet did, if you haven't read his seerah, if you haven't read the Qasas al if you haven't read the seerah al Sahaba? These three, if you really want to up your game, guys, read the seerah of the Prophet, seerah al-Sahaba, and Qasas al Like this is. These three are. أصول. أصول, you cannot progress akhlaq-wise. Sorry? That was the question <laughs> I wanted to ask that Okay, good Alright guys, I keep saying we're at the end But it's like I don't know the slides <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry huh? Samhaini <laughs> <laughs> you our Iman is not complete until we love Rasulullah more than our family, our children, our parents, and all the people. And in one hadith, Umar told the Prophet, I, uh, I love you, Rasulullah. He asked him, Do you love me more than yourself? He said, No. The Prophet told him, You're not there yet. So Umar left, comes back after a few days. And says to the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, uh, I love you. He said, do you love me more than yourself? He said, uh, yes. He said, al ya Umar. Now your iman has been complete. Lish? like more what? Than too. More than yourself. Now, now, does Allah need, or does the Prophet need our love? No. But what does that mean then? More than yourself. Exactly. <laughs> how and and specifically in this subject we need him because we need his example without his example we are lost without the guidance of allah we are lost without the quran we are lost quran came to get us get us out of darknesses into the light So last, guys, Alaysa Allahu Bi-Ahkamil Hakimi Let's close this off and we're done. Mu'minni ha, min al-tikr taraa, okay? Okay? Ma'ala inshallah bitsamhoon Rayana 'ala al-akl al-barid? Eh? Yeswa inshallah? Okay guys, that's the last slide. Allah ends with a question. Before the question was, isn't are you did den- what's making you deny this deen? Next last question is isn't Allah the wisest of all wise of people? Isn't the wisest of all? Alaysa Allah bi ahkam al-hakimin? Isn't Allah Filled with, like his guidance filled with wisdom. So, what is Allah telling us? All of guidance, all of your pursuits to get come back from Asfil to Ahsan I've given you a clear roadmap. I've given you all the tools you need. I know you more than you know yourself. I know what's best for you. I've given you Quran. I've given you the Prophet's teachings. Yallah. And trust the fact that this is the best for you, because Allah is the wisest of all. He's filled with wisdom, basically. But when you know Allah is wiser than you, then M and you know, they think that Quran is too backdated. It's irrelevant. What is this ayah changing or inviting you to change? your mindset about the beautiful wisdom of every single? Uh, teaching of the Quran and the prophet don't th- don't ever think that you are wiser than the deen and so how do you balance let's finish it off <inaudible> how does this balance <inaudible> what's going to help you in this pursuit yeah what were the first two <inaudible> when we when we talked about a hey. This is one strength that um is a combination of intellectual growth, right? Common sense, logic, and shara. Where Allah tells you what's good for you, what's not good for you, and all of that. When you follow that you have Al-Hikmah. And then when you have hikmah, woman uti al فَقَدْ خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا So um and Allah tells us, خَيَارَكُمْ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَةِ خَيَارُكُمْ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ إِذَا فقهو. Like those in Jahiliyah, the non-Muslims, are as good as the non-Muslims, but إِذَا, the condition is what? إِذَا فَقُهُ Meaning if they use the power of the intellect and, and they get knowledge from two sources, your, your intellect and شرع. Not just intellect and assumptions and research and creativity. la شرع. Together, will give you hikmah. So we'll close inshallah with um, inshallah just a very short 2 minutes kind of dhikr where we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we ask him to give us hikmah. So I want you to all inshallah close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths from the nose. Settle, relax. Inhale and exhale gently and slowly. And start silently without moving your tongue calling upon Allah Ya Hakim keep repeating Ya Hakim and don't think about it but try to feel What it's like to have Allah fill your heart and your mind with hikmah and wisdom and light. Ya Hakim, keep repeating. You are seeking wisdom from the source of all wisdom. يا حكيم All right guys, you can open your eyes and um, alhamdulillah. Dhikr is essential to, to purify the heart and the nafs. Recommend you to do this regularly in your life inshallah if you want to see real progress. Thank you so much and I'm so sorry for taking longer than I expected. Best. I hope this was of benefit to all of you and uh, I hope you appreciate Surat At-Teen. You appreciate um, the beauty of the Quran and the beauty of uh, the barakah of Ramadan, right? And like, Inshallah, may Allah help us recover from asfalusafilin to as Assalamu alaikum, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.